Welcome to We Only Talk Hockey. Uh, after a week off, we are back. I'm Mike. Joining me, as always, is my pal Shane. Uh, we just finished the Seattle Kraken expansion draft. We're recording Wednesday night, right after the uh, after the draft. And there's kind of there's kind of some there's some early impressions I have from this team. But I guess I wanted to hear first what Shane. What are your first impressions? From the for based off the expansion draft of what this team kind of looks like, and what do you like? Th- what do you what are your first impressions of this team as a whole uh, after their draft? Because a few shocking decisions, a few not, but overall it was kind of a little surprising, I'd say. But what do you what is your impression of this team when you look at it like as a whole roster now? So, one of my uh, one of my big things here is they they drafted very young. Uh, they have only two players, 30 years of age or older, um, which uh, Gordano and uh, I'm blanking Eberle, on the Eberly. Right? Yeah, Eberly yeah. is 31, um, which and I think part of it is because and I think in a similar light to how the uh, I think in a similar light to how when the um, not the Canadians, the Vegas Golden Knights mm-hmm. drafted. They also drafted rather young, but they also drafted in a way that gave them a lot of cap space yeah. intentionally so that they could move pieces, sign free agents, do things. Like one of the biggest things um, I noticed is from the Predators, their selection, they didn't take Ryan Johansson or Matt Duchesne and they both had were available, and they but they both have an $8 million salary cap hit. And so they, they went a different route and they're, and then there's other players who I think given a bigger role, we could see flourish. I think it is kind of what I see. And I think obviously I don't think this is not their final roster. They're going to make trades. They're going to sign free agents, you know? Yeah. I, I, I hear, and that's interesting. You mentioned Vegas because Vegas kind of gave themselves the ability to load up on draft assets, but also in case they were good, make the leaps to become a contender right away, which is what happened also the subsequent year after they uh, they made it to the Stanley Cup. I think it's interesting because you mentioned uh, the cap space, and I was thinking, how do they have the cap space of some of these players? Giordano's a cap hit, Everly is. Uh, they signed Alexiak, so he's a cap hit now. And I'm, I was, and Larson, they also uh, signed when they drafted him. So it is interesting. They have the cap space for all these moves. And I mean, it it is because of all those younger players that they kind of picked up from those other teams uh, on the, on their, on, in the depth, which they'll probably move around to create. I look at this roster and the first thing I think of is this is a team that kind of loaded up on defense. Like this is the first thing I see is like, they basically went out yeah, and their got, strength is on their defense. strength is their defensive pairings. And I don't know what their forward unit looks like. And I don't know what their goaltending really looks like, but really the forward, the defensive pairings that they, they've, they basically made it. They've drafted, I think 15 defensemen of that are oh, not 15. Um, they drafted, uh, 12 defense 12 i believe 12 15, 15 forwards yeah uh, if if i'm not mistaken it was 15, 15 3, forwards yeah 15, oh, 15 12, and 12 and 3 so yeah like they loaded up on on defense and really most you could argue most of their talent is there and 
it kind of goes twofold because I think they could have an excellent defense that kind of like sets the tone for their team. But at the same time, I don't know where their I don't know where their offense is really necessarily going to come from. I, I think I see a few players that could break out, and I guess we'll kind of dive into that. But really, their their big emphasis was on the defensive uh, side, and they didn't. And it was interesting because. They didn't get carry price. A lot of people thought they could have gotten price. A lot of people yeah, thought they could have gotten Matt. Yeah, but Matt that would have that would have uh, those would have come with very high price. Yeah, tags. and those would have been the cap it. So they're kind of they're kind of building themselves almost like with that basic core, especially leading defense leading the way. Uh, so I, I wanted to add here something. You mentioned Giordano. The others they signed, but Giordano sells on his contract. They just took him straight up. I don't see him there very long. Um, honestly, I don't know if I see him there a full season. Well, I mean, it depends what they, it depends what they do. I think, I think really they kind of drafted this team with the intentions of all anything's on the table for next season, because a lot of people are thinking, oh, well, just like Vegas, they could be a playoff team and a cup team. But likewise, if they're a terrible team, they can kind of, they've built themselves with some pending free agents or pen or or contracts that are expiring not this year or next season, but certainly i mean not at the end of the upcoming season the 2021 2022 season but the 2023 off season they they have those pending contracts they kind of move around uh so they they've built themselves with that intention with the idea that if if this team isn't so good they kind of have that leeway uh it in in mind basically uh and a lot also in the end, a lot of movable contracts, aside from the ones that they kind of re-signed being Alexiak, they kind of signed being Alexiak and Adam Larson. They have a lot of movable contracts on this on this roster, I think. And that's yeah. really a big big factor. I guess I guess move, moving on though, uh who in your opinion on this roster do you see becoming the star players or the key players uh emerging from this team? Uh, based on like who they have, because a lot of players could break out. A lot of players so, have kind of proven in the past. But who do you see as that big, those big players? I guess. So I I have two or three, uh, here. So give me two seconds. I've got one defenseman. Really, we're probably um, going to agree on like one or two. But let, I just so, want to hear so your. I your I have three. one defenseman, and my defenseman that I think is going to break out, and I think that's Vince Dunn. Mm. Um, he is a clear. He is a prototypical new age um defenseman like a two-way uh, defenseman yeah speed. like speed whatever scoring yeah. ability he reminds me of a less developed adam fox not saying he is adam fox but he reminds me of that style of play or, in a way or like tory krug who was on his team he kind of played that two-way a little bit yeah game so so i see a lot of that and i see him getting a bigger role he mm-hmm. much bigger role here i think he'll be a top six uh top six pairing guy uh, whatever top six defenseman top two pairing um and so i definitely think we're gonna see him flourish now does he pair well with anyone there are a lot yeah. of factors um i mean it's also gonna probably on that note depend on what they kind of want to how they kind of want to shuffle their pairings whether they want to put a scoring defenseman with a defensive defenseman or a power defenseman adam larson's kind of their power defenseman he's a bigger guy kind of uh removes players from puck block shots in front of that i was kind of thinking that as the pairing the dunn larson um and then larson's power guy in the middle yeah Yeah. and do you have do you have any defensemen before i move on to the to my the my two forwards do you have any defensemen that you think my my big i actually 
was probably picked on. I I like Dunn also, but I actually see Dunn more as a lit as one of those later pairing defensemen, uh, defensemen seeing what they want to match up, how they want to match them up. My per my defenseman that I picked was Carson Soucy from Minnesota, who had a very good season last year. And people people in I, I think people really got to see how good Minnesota's defense was or defensive pairings were in the series against the Vegas Golden Knights, where they pushed them to the brink to seven games. And Carson Soucy's in the middle of that, was in the middle of that. And now he's going to, I mean, he's probably going to be asked to do more on this team because it's a new, it's a new team that they're going to, he's, he's going to need to play more on the offensive end of the ice at the point, uh, considering the forward unit, but uh, he can, he can be one of those guys that really steps up and becomes one of their top pairing defensemen. Uh, I think, I mean, I'm not sure. I don't know what the combinations are going to be. I see him pairing with Alexiak, just the, both of them being the two-way defensemen. And Alexiak, we already know. I think when in the bubble, in the Edmonton bubble, we kind of, everyone kind of saw how Alexiak, Alexiak's impact for the Stars. So both, on both ends of the ice, I think him and Susie make a very good pairing. And Susie could be that guy that really takes that extra step and puts, puts Seattle over the top. So, I mean. It, I, I, could, I could definitely see that. Um, I just... Um, today's NHL is why I chose done sort sort of thing, you know? Um, And I think done done is done and Susie both similarly, I think matters who they play alongside. I think if Vince Dunn plays alongside Alexiak, he actually could really, you can also really step up. I don't not, I'm not, I don't want to oversell Alexiak here, of course, but the, the, or interestingly, uh, if Giordano, Mark Giordano plays alongside Vince Dunn, how his veteran Giordano is going to be the veteran defenseman, whoever he plays alongside it instantly, he's going to make better probably. So that could be, that could be an interesting combination. It's really, it's really between those two about who they play alongside and how, how much that impacts their style of play or what they need to do, what, they, so, what they're going to be asked to do. So now for the, the, yeah, moving on to the forwards, I think. To the forwards, I've, I've got two. Both centers here, um, I think. Uh, where'd it go? I was looking at a list of them, and now my brain is kind of. So I think, I mean, I have oh, a feeling Jerry uh, McCann is one of them. Uh, yes, Ma- McCann, uh, McCann is definitely one of them. Uh, he'll have a much more pronounced role, I believe, than he did with Toronto. The other one is Jan Rock. Jan Rock. Yeah. Cal- <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think, uh, Callie Yarncook, he, um, he was tied for the, for the point lead on, uh, the predators this year. Uh, he had, uh, 20, uh, 28 points, 13 assists, 15, uh, 13 goals, 15 assists in the yeah. 56 game season. And I think he's going to be, you know, I think he's going to take, I think he'll probably play, second or third line i don't know how mccann and him are going to flip i think one of them's going to be second one of them's going to be third probably unless they decide for some reason to put yanni gord in second line which i've actually been seeing people say since the draft i don't quite get why um considering the often the forward unit as a whole it's going to be interesting to see uh who could play with who because there are people that will need to step up based on i mean based on but uh, 
Yarn Crook was one of the players on that note you mentioned with Nashville last season. Nashville's offense really struggled last season and really was carried by their defense. So those some of those few players that actually played well on the offensive end, one of them was Yarn Crook. Yeah, and I and I think and I think he'll be able to, you know. So even if so, that's another thing. Even if this team is not especially offensively talented, we know Yarn Crook can play well in that kind of team. Given last year playing with the Predators, and so extrapolate twenty six points in a normal season would be somewhere in the thirties, kind you know. 30s low 40 kind of thing which which if you're expecting him to be a second or a third line center is not bad and it could be even better but like my low end i'm thinking is somewhere around there is the third high 30s low 40s range mccann he's your second player right he, he was the second forward i was thinking um i don't know much about the the wingers uh, that was my thing is a lot of these wingers. Well, I just I think don't he, know. <laughs> I think him and Brandon Tanev are going to play along. I mean, they both played in Pittsburgh together. And I think that that helps Seattle. Seattle's uh, process in the draft when they picked Toronto's player, they picked Jared McCann from Toronto and they yeah. and they picked Brandon Tanev from Pittsburgh. So they, they can play those two on the same line. I think that that helps McCann out, especially just uh, – in, if he's playing the center role to just step up yeah. and funny thing i for some reason thought they that they somehow picked twice from pittsburgh <laughs> i was really confused because the jersey they were showing was pittsburgh the yeah. clips they were showing were pittsburgh i was so it, confused i'm like it was because of the pick- trade before yeah the trade beforehand just made it made it different i was convinced they weren't going to take mccann because of because i was convinced Toronto was going to sign McCann when, when they acquired him, but they kind of, I guess they just left him uh, available for Seattle. And that's why he's, uh, he's part of the Kraken now. So, I mean, yeah, I actually, I was see, seeing that as an interesting pairing or not pairing as much as a uh, shift who they play alongside McCann and Tanev potentially can really put that, uh, put that shift, put that line over the top. Maybe, maybe as a second line, third line, uh, in uh in the upcoming season so i i mean i'm thinking of a few forwards that could break out one Uh, one last thing is what they did do even though they might not have uh uh, picked heavy offensive players you know scoring ability they did pick very good two-way like forwards a lot of their forwards are good two-way forwards that they picked um uh, I mean, like like Gord, McGord, McCann, uh, Donskoy, uh, even Jan Rook and Appleton, um, yeah. all all have shown very good ability to play defensively as well. Um, so so I I think we might see a, a defensive minded team overall this year. Uh, we'll have to wait and see, obviously, but I think overall that's what we'll see. So well, what... I mean, it's def- definitely built defense out and that uh, that's kind of interesting. I mean, it's kind of interesting because then I look at the goaltending, but that's a different, that's like kind of on the side, but really they're for, they're, yeah, if they're going to play with their forwards playing defense defensively and then uh, scoring, the question is how are they going to get those goals in the uh, on the offensive end? Yeah. That's kind of what I'm wondering. So I think Don. Who so who do you think is gonna? Um, who do you yeah. think could be breakout forward? So I mean, you mentioned uh, we mentioned we we're talking about Donskoy. I guess uh, Donskoy is one of them. 
I see him and Mason Appleton are the two like wild cards so, in this. Uh, it, him and because I mean I see Everly as being more of a veteran, but he's he'll be the veteran forward presence. I think Everly is kind of the player that needs he needs a good center to complement his game. I don't know if he'll be able. I mean, the question is what who that center will be. Uh, if he can step up and be that sco- leading scoring presence. Uh, on the top line, which is probably where he'll play. Yeah. But Mason Appleton and Donskoy. Don Donskoy throughout his career has been a very good third, fourth line scorer. We saw him in San Jose, uh, just a valuable player on that those later lines in the play, like scoring in the he'd score in the playoffs. Yeah, and, he uh, yeah. he has he scored at least fourteen goals in the last four seasons. Um, yeah, and then Colorado also like he he's a great he's a very solid later line forward to have and especially if the seattle kraken can make the playoffs just because of yeah. he finds those matchups in those playoff games on those later lines yeah. and can score and- so he's also he also another note is he had a career high in goals this year despite the shortened season he had a career high yeah. 17 goals uh blackwell also had a career high 12 goals uh both in this shortened season so that you know those those upward mobility these are younger guys kind of yeah. thing in general younger guys you could see the growth and the movement depending on how their roles shift and change and i mean yeah and the interesting part with donsko is yeah he played alongside uh he a lot of people would say yeah he played he played an avalanche offense that was scoring 3.7 goals per game or something but Donskoy played in the later ships. He didn't play with Nathan McKinnon. He didn't play with those. Uh, he didn't play with Gabriel and Discogoth. And he, so he, uh, he a lot of times had to create the create a lot of those scoring chances. It will be interesting to see uh, him. And then, and then, yeah, aside and Donskoy, aside from Donskoy, one of the others is Mason Appleton, who kind of got overshadowed in Winnipeg just because Winnipeg's uh, forward depth uh was overwhelming so he kind of went under the radar he's and it he's one of those players that could really step up and become one of their one of the top two uh, one of the top two shifts you know he's a center right i mean the forward unit is yeah yeah, yeah. but yeah yeah appleton they have a couple centers but the thing is i don't know if they quite have an actual true one at center yeah and that's the big question is what they don't have a top score they don't have that that number one, uh, that number one skater who kind of can lead a top line. We also and thought that about Vegas. Vegas, yeah, and, I think and then, Vegas, and then Vegas's top line that they made uh, outside of one player, the yeah. right wing, was they they got in a separate trade. But uh, Marcia Marcia and um, James uh, Neal. Uh, no, um, James Neal was the best story. He scored, I think, like a career high goals in Vegas after like, like he almost doubled, I think, his career to his career best season in that one year in Vegas. Uh, who was it? Um, but, uh, William Carlson, Marcheseau, and Riley Smith was yeah. that top line uh, in that first year. Uh, they got Riley. Um, they got Riley Smith in a trade, um, but still, that you know, no one expected 
Jonathan Marshall and William Carlson and that to make a really good top line. So we don't know. We'll have to wait and see. But as it stands, we don't see an established one. Yeah. Kind I mean, of thing. A prior a established one. Yanni Gord and Eberly to play on the top line, but I don't see, I don't know how those two play along, will play alongside each other. Both Yanni Gord and Eberly kind of thrive when they're the secondary score or not really secondary score they're the ones playing off the puck kind of uh allowing the allowing someone else to create the um create the opportunity for them so i mean maybe maybe you could see someone like mason appleton sliding sliding on uh into that role but yeah i don't see that player who kind of uh who kind of creates kind of creates the scoring opportunity for those play for for gord or eberly and the like maybe maybe donskoy could be that player uh then you're really mixing around different positions at that point um so we'll we'll have to see i think there's a good there's a decent chance they make a trade for a center um yeah i i could definitely see them making a trade for a center kind of thing yeah to get one of those top centers i mean it, there are there are plenty of names that you could just kind of float around just because of all the rumors that are cir- circulating these days. I mean, the when Carey Price was left unprotected, there was just like all the rumors on the, <laughs> in the world. Not of, about, every about every him. every writer in the United hockey writer of the United States was like, "Holy crap, he's leaving! No, he's like, leaving was, Montreal! What is happening?" <laughs> I I texted someone. How far is um, Vancouver? British, where where Carey Price actually grew up and was born from Seattle. I said, ask two you hours. for a friend. It's and it, two it, hours. It yeah, it, you'd think it you'd think it's twenty minutes based on how uh, they're they're saying it's right next to each other. It's an instant rivalry, but it's it's real. It's um, you have to. Cross it's one road. Yeah, but it's one road. That's the thing. It's the uh, yeah. I think the ninety five. Um. Uh. So Either and way. so here here's one thing. Uh. Before we uh. Well, let's get to goalies first. Let's talk goalies first yeah. before we go into what I was gonna go into. I was into. thinking, like, yeah, let's let's yeah, we have to because fo- I feel like the goal the goaltending. I love their decisions. You love I, it. I th- I think I think you have a very different opinion. I love it. I love the decisions that they made in that respect. I my so I mean my thing is I like Drieger. I don't know what. You're get. I don't. I don't know why you bring in Decord and Vanacek. That's my thing. Uh, I don't. And I in Drieger, you kind of need a platoon for an 82 game season. And well, so, so, so that's, my, so that's thing. my thing. So my thing is, I think with Drieger and the uh, and the promise he showed last year, even outplaying Bobrovsky at times. Yeah. Um, with Drieger and Vanacek, I don't know about the third goalie. That's neither Joey here nor there and, and 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 i'll get there in a second on why i think they chose a third goaltender well i mean they're gonna choose the third anyway just a matter of like whether they can but deal with them or not he, here's here's what i think it is i think drieger and vanichick you could have a pretty decent one two kind of thing not not make either player really you know you could have drieger or whatever play 50 games or whatever and the other play 32 you know or, or make it more like a 40, you know, a 45, whatever kind mm-hmm. of deal. Um, and I think that could work well. But here's my other thing. 
you could trade one of them and they're both young and inexpensive. And so by doing this, they're not bumped up against the cap. They have low cap, they have a low, relatively low cap hit, the both of them. And if you wanted to, you could move off of one of them um, for capital and other places to get a player that you didn't, for a position you didn't see a player that you liked in the draft kind of thing. Like, I think this guy has enough trade capital that it's worth, it's worth getting instead of whoever else we would have picked kind of situation. So that's, that's where my thought process comes in. I, I didn't, I think it was very good that they didn't take Carey Price. I know there are going to be people who are like, ah, he's Carey Price, but I've mentioned he's getting older and his, even despite his heroics in the playoffs, his regular seasons have been worse and well, I think progressively if they were to take, take price and say they took Drieger, then they'd platoon the two the entire season and then price would ride the would be the lead guy in the in the playoffs then again you would without that cap you wouldn't be with he's the cap hit so i i agree i would as much as like you want to take price and it's there's all the reason in the world to take a world-class goaltender like price you don't there is the cap hit. You don't know um, how many games you're getting at a at a price. The the question, I mean, I'm looking because you looked at some of the exposed goaltenders, and I was thinking, as I mean, the question for me is Carson Susi or Kapokakinen. So the Kapokakinen, that was my thing. I was astonished that he was left unprotected. And I, that, he was a cheap, he was a cheap option. Why like, yes. $1 million cap it. So that there, there must him be, instead of the, the there core, must maybe. be something in the league that has him a lot lower valued than I think either of us do because leaving him unprotected in the first place was a shock to me. And so I think there might be some sort of consensus well, about him in the league. Well, I mean, I think they, I think the, it could be that the Wild were saying, one, Cam Talbot's our guy, and two, we already have a good enough defense. But you, but Kyle Kalkinen had really had a very, he had a very good um, season last year, and he's a val, he would have been a value guy there. And granted, I guess they, I think they're looking at this saying, we want, we wanted Susie. We really think Susie's going to be, Carson Susie's going to be one of our top pairing defensemen. So we're just going to pick him over. But you look at some of the, and that, that's the thing. There's some, there's some more expensive options available. I mean, and then other ones, you don't really know what you're going to get. Like Ben Bishop now as a veteran, uh, he's a four million, four and a half million option. But I mean, the question is, do you really, do you really think you're getting enough good? You're going to get enough good starts out of Chris Drieger. Uh, and that's really where my See, I look at thing, the thing. I don't. I think the combination of Drieger and Vanacek is not an issue. Um, like I'm not the biggest fan of Vanacek. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of his play style. Uh, his play style is very technical. But he, but he also can't make certain plays. There are just certain plays that other great goalies make that he just isn't, doesn't have the doesn't have the, the, uh, the athleticism. In yes, that, he doesn't yeah. have the athleticism. Yeah. Whatever he he's very technical, but he doesn't have the athleticism to make a game saving stop kind of thing. Yeah. 
Um, and I think interestingly, when you when I look at Joey Decord um, from Ottawa, you could almost make the counter. You can make the opposite because a lot of the argument against Vanacek and Drieger, I guess you could say for that matter, is that they both had a lot of goal support uh, in Washington and in Florida. Uh, Vanacek and Drieger had received the goal and Decord didn't. So maybe you could say Decord was just on a bad team and really couldn't get that. But um, so it's also part. So, so it's part of it. Like Vanacek admittedly did have a 269 uh, goals against and a 908 save percentage, but Gord, uh, not Gord. um, Dreger had, had only, he had a 2.7, 2.07 goals against and a 927 save percentage. Um, but even even through that, I think what's very important is when you look at those stats is looking and at he, volume also. Because if you receive if you if you have great numbers, you don't receive a lot of games. Then you kind of then there is that that next. Yeah, there, so, there is. He did and, only have 23 starts. I admittedly he only had 23 starts. Um, but I, I don't see Decord as anything. He had he had five starts, and even yeah. within those five starts, he what's it called? He had a three twenty seven goals against and a sub nine hundred save percentage. He's their he's their late flyer. I think he'll be that third guy. If they could, if they I think, see something out of him that really is promising, then the, then he'll he'll be in that mix. Maybe, uh, but, but I, the, I I think he's more of like the AHL starter kind of thing here. And the, I mean, the big thing is with Drieger and Vanacek, cause they both kind of were in a rotation. They're going to have to be in a rotation again and can either one really emerges. I think Drieger's the one who's going to be expected to emerge as number one goalie. He's going to have to take yeah. on a lot more volume though in that process. So, and that's yeah, but, but in his attempt to start taking on more volume, he does have a decent enough, he would have a decent enough backup. I think Vanacek as a backup makes yeah. one of the better backups in the league, um, you know, kind of thing. But it, it's interesting. I also think they did it for the possibility of trading one of them. Namely, um, yeah. I think, namely, it, I think Vanacek, does, but it does leave. I mean, that, that is the, that is, that is a good point that the, the, their draft as a whole leaves them with the ability to say, if we're not good Halfway through the season, we're so, a bad no, team. We could see, sell. You're you're talking about it. Then I'm talking preseason. I I, I think they're going to make multiple trades. Well, I mean, pre, that's what the depth players. pre the pre the start of the season. That's what I think. Some some of the players that we didn't not, you, you didn't really hear of their name until oh, the draft. I, I I'm not even I'm not even thinking that. I think they could make a couple big moves in the next what you know kind of thing. Uh, with the draft coming up this weekend, the actual the regular draft, I think they could make yeah. some moves there. They, you know, kind of thing. Question is, are they willing to sell that number two pick? Um, well, I mean, I think I mean it looks like they're gonna take whoever Buffalo did, I guess passes on. I would. Did Vegas take their pick? Yeah, they. I, th- they ended I thought. Up with I thought they. I mean, I mean when Vegas when Vegas was. Um, coming into the league didn't they yeah. trade their first round pick no they they i don't i don't think i don't remember who they used their, their number it was like number five they actually used that pick it was the other it was like the later rounds and the uh other picks that they kind of it was players that they traded uh to 
it was players that they traded that they acquired picks for that they ended up trading those picks away and later round picks that they also kind of were able to move around because because i don't like unless the guy is still in the farm system i don't have any recollection of a young guy coming into the league from their system that would have been that first round because that would have been a noise you know kind of thing that would have been yeah. thing people talked about there for the vegas golden knights first ever pick would have been talked about when he came yeah. into the league i'll have to look that up later i mean yeah the same i i also have to wonder i know one of their one of the later round picks or one of their players they drafted in their expansion draft they were able to move to get alex tuck who they ended up being one of their yeah. players and we're kind of you could think of Seattle being see I, I think moves. I think moves kind of like that I do see some moves whether yeah. that is with the goalie or with other things um honestly I'm thinking Giordano is really there as a trade piece um kind of um well I mean I don't know if they would take an expansion draft to move him before the season as much as uh, well the- yeah if they don't see someone better and they know he's whatever you can send him to a team that is ready to win now kind of thing but needs defensive help um i i could see him them doing that but it, it's all up in the air now yeah outlook um they're in a really bad division oh you're talking about like uh yeah where you, where you see them i outlook they're in a poor division it's interesting uh, that they, yeah, you, I have to reassess their division just because of the realignment. Now I have to like retrain myself yeah, to think. But so like they, they talked with Vancouver, to, right? Yeah. So they talked about it on, on the, during the broadcast yeah. or whatever, like out of the top 10, like seven or eight of the top 10 <laughs> or some ridiculous percentage of the top yeah. 10 picks are from that division. I think the, San Jose, LA, the both, both Los Angeles, no, really, An- Anaheim. Ducks. Yeah, the Ducks, Anaheim Ducks, Anaheim, LA Kings, Kings, San Jose, Vancouver. Yeah. You've got, you know, that that's my thing. They they are granted, we have no idea what to think of Vancouver. Because the year before this past year, they looked like they were rising. But then this year, I can't fault them for anything because their entire team got COVID. And well, they missed so three they struggled at the beginning of the season against a uh a very odd North division, I would say. Yeah. So it's kind of hard to gauge whether that North division was more talented or less than the typical West division. There. So, yeah. But, but I do think it's the weakest division. And yeah. So, so my thing is that makes me like, kind of is Colorado in the West division. Uh, I believe they're in the, because it's two divisions um, eight and eight. So they're in that division, whereas the central one is more like Nashville, uh, more. No, no. I think Vegas is in the West. Vegas Vegas is in the West. West. Colorado is in central, I think. Because I don't think they're in the same division normally. Uh, Because that was the thing about this last year, that they were going to play a lot. Uh, I don't think they're normally in the same division. That was also because they um, almost overlapped with – uh, they just played each other like eight times. Or yeah. So, so this year's Pacific Division. I mean, this is uh, what it's going to look like. Although, hold on. I think they're no. So because they're adding Seattle, I think they're going to move one of these teams out. This is 2019-2020's Central Division. It was Vegas, Edmonton. Wait, Vancouver. Vegas was in the Central Division? No, I'm in Pacific. The Pacific. Oh, West Pacific. Okay. Yeah, West. West, West is the Pacific. Yeah. Yeah. 
So there are eight teams in the Pacific Division. They're going to have to move one to the Central. So, and I have a feeling, would that be Vegas? Oddly enough, okay. So here's no. the here's the here's the West, uh, the Pacific West Division: uh, Vegas, Edmonton, Vancouver, Calgary, Arizona, Anaheim, Los Angeles, San Jose. So Arizona. Well, I think Vegas might might nah. Vegas might be. Or Arizona, I, I one of them is going to be moved e, up. We'll see. Good point. But either way, I don't think they have a great division, you know, kind of yeah. thing. I think and, looking at that, Edmonton might be the second best team in that division, which is crazy. You mean Edmonton? In the Pacific Edm- West, Edmonton is going to be the first. Well, Vegas, Vegas, depending Vegas. on Vegas, Ve- what happens with Vegas. Um, I should actually see if I could. Look that up, but anyway, I know they released it recently what the alignment is going to be. So it's oh, here it is. Okay, so the team that gets moved, uh, because they added Seattle. So I'll just go through these ones. The the new ones now are Anaheim, Calgary, Edmonton, Los Angeles Kings, San Jose Sharks, Seattle Kraken, Vancouver Canucks, Vegas Golden Knights. So which team I guess got removed from uh arizona coyotes okay so they're now in the uh central so vegas is still there but uh yeah so so feasibly we're going back to the regular schedule i can see them being a play uh uh, a wild card team or or even a playoff team because it's going to be the top three and then the top two of between the central and the and the pacific i could see them being a top three or um or a wild card team, depending on how things play out and what they do with the draft and stuff, I could see them making the playoffs feasibly. The era of the era of expansion teams getting like three wins is no longer a thing. <laughs> yeah, that was a big a big point we learned, I guess, from Vegas. I mean, also a big point that was made when Vegas was doing the expansion draft is we're not just gonna we're we're going we're to not... give them a very good chance to uh, contend now if they want to, which is what they did. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I definitely think, I, I definitely think they have a chance to compete for that three. Uh, given those new alignments, I definitely think the West is going to be Vegas, Edmonton. Uh, I can we agree on that? I think. I think. I think. Yeah, it's <laughs> safe to say. Um, as much as like I'd like to see other teams break out, yeah, it seems like Vegas and Edmonton are going to be the top two teams, two teams. in the West Division. And so. Is it not feasible to think that they're three or four in that division and have a chance at, they, at at a wild card? They are in that middle tier. I think you look at Vancouver might be in a similar yeah, like, yeah. sort of state. That's why them. I said the three or four. But, but you meant thing. yeah. You look at the other. Uh, I don't teams. know what to think of Calgary. Like, yeah. I think Calgary interestingly benefited from giordano leaving because now it kind of allows them if they want to rebuild to make that re- that final rebuild uh it's going to be hard for it calgary has a good season which looks like they might in this division it's going to be hard for them to do that uh yeah but like, yeah i could definitely look, see them making the playoffs you look at the sharks you look at the ducks you look at the ducks uh, the are kings. the ducks are ducks and kings are still a couple of years away i think yeah. this division i think three years from now this division is going to be a very good division 
Um, Because I think both the Sharks and the Kings have incredible prospect talent that's just not quite ready for the NHL yet. And then they have younger players that aren't fully whatever. So I do think both the Kings and Anaheim are going to improve each subsequent year. Uh, Calgary, we don't know, but they have potential. You know, I think this will be a good division in the near future. But I think this year, optimum for Seattle to come in and try to make a place within the division for themselves. I think, yeah, they because when you look at this team on paper, they look like, I would say, an average team probably at this point with the ability to become a a very good team. And that yeah that does it does help them slide right into the middle of this division i think and potentially finish in third place or even or, higher or if for, they really overachieve no, 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 don't see it third pl- i don't see them necessarily beating edmonton well it depends what moves they make but i don't really see them beating out edmonton or vegas but i could definitely see them taking that third place or fourth place spot feasibly and having a high enough fourth place finish to get one of the yeah. wild card spots and i mean and they 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 are built in that middle mode. And I think what's good about the way they've drafted is they've given themselves the flexibility to um, and and I think they're built for later season kind of thing. So yeah. I could see them being like a 500 team that goes on a bit of a run late because they have a lot of bodies, a lot of you know tough physical type guys. And you have they have those defensive forwards those two-way forwards and so i think they'll be built a little better for the end of the season kind of thing we'll have to see what moves they end up making but i I definitely could see a three or four finish i also think their roster if you look at the way their starting lineups can look like and the way their roster they match up well i would say with particularly edmonton because edmonton you have the um they're they're built with that that defense that could kind of play 60 minutes and that's like and against a team like Edmonton with those with the McDavid line the dry side of line they're they're mat, they they're built to match up well with that um i think i think the big thing is how their forward step because i think if you could if you see Everly take um emerge as like the the cat like not the captain of the forward unit but really the uh the top line forward uh, if you see Yanni Gord, if you see those guys step up, then you're really looking at a uh, very good Seattle team, potentially, um, and that's the third-place team. That's really, I think, and that's really kind of where I'd say this team's measured up. Uh, but, right, yeah, right now, yeah, I think because because of the, the Pacific West division, really, they're, they're given they're, that. Yeah, I, I think that's what I said. I think this will be a much better division in a couple of years from now, but I think they come, they're come they coming in at an optimum time for them to, to establish within the division kind of thing. And if they have a defense season, they won't, they won't sell the house kind of thing, and they can build off of it, um, which I think is going to be key. Because even if they have built well, but they were in a really tough division, so they end up lower – fans you know new fans are going to be like come on we want the kind of thing and so that's why i think they actually are in a very good division for them to come into and have the opportunity to you know like vegas did in a way you know take advantage of the division yeah uh yeah and, and 
and they have and they have they have a lot of interesting i think as we discussed we had, they just have interesting, interesting younger and they have younger players so it's yeah. it'll be interesting to watch how they flourish or crater because everyone talks yeah. about oh they're younger players they could you know with bigger roles they could rise you can also see the opposite with a younger player who was a role player now gets more yeah. responsibility you could see some of them fall <laughs> i mean you could see just if if someone like kelly kelly yarn crook has to take on that like they ask him oh you have to be the top line center and it's like well i played well in nashville but i'm not a top line center i kind of yeah uh, play in the back end it, 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 there is that room uh also it it, it it can go either i mean there there's that range I think the defense, honestly I, that right there what you mentioned with yarn crook that is why that's where so both the guys i mentioned who i think could be breakout players were both centers i also think they have the highest potential for failure because unless they manage to get a one or a very good two who could play a a decent one kind of thing um I think they are going to force someone who is not a one to play a one and that could be detrimental, but if they manage to get that center, then I think they're set up for success. And I do believe they are going to make a move to get a center. Interesting. I think on that, in that, with that in mind, the defense does give them some stability where it does give them that ability to, uh, to not crater as hard because, because they have just the talent defensively, which is like, uh, the fact we haven't mentioned Hayden Flurry, he was just kind of like the seventh defenseman on that uh, on that team. It's just like I, I think that helps. Uh, and I mean, and it's yeah, it's gonna. And this is why it. This is why it's just an interesting. Let's see. This it's why the expansion draft was so interesting to watch unfold. Just because like you got to see like how what this team's potentially gonna how this team's gonna how this team's gonna look or what this team's gonna look like potentially with like all their what their outlook is basically yep yeah i definitely agree but i i think they could i think they can compete um i think they've built really well on defense i think they've built sufficiently in goal we'll have to see what happens with the offense i think they have potential uh, I think their offense has potential. I think they need a like cornerstone yeah, kind of top, almost top line center. I'd say, yeah, I, I think they need a cornerstone. I'm, I don't know who that is. Like, I am yeah. not sure who they're going to get there. Um, like who could they, who could they really acquire? Uh, I mean, yeah, it, it's something, I mean, I haven't really, I mean, there's plenty of names out there, but like to really think of one particularly uh, yeah. And that's, and that's part that's i guess that's i guess that yeah uh, so thanks for listening um your show don't know exactly when we'll be back i think a little while after free agency to talk about free agency prior to the season maybe we'll see yeah. what happens if there's anything big you know that ha- like if a couple big things happen in a span of whatever well, then we might have to have an emergency pod but uh yeah but thanks for coming along this season with us um, watching uh, throw a like our way if you can. Yeah.